when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we look ahead to some of the key events that are going to be moving markets in the coming days. I'm Robert Miller. This week, we have a host of top retailers to discuss, a standout global bank that has certainly known better days. And finally, in the countdown to the presidential polling day in the United States, what can you expect from markets? I'm joined by Deirdre Hipwell, The Times retail editor, Alex Ralph, our stock market reporter, and Harry Wilson, city editor of The Times. Welcome to you all. Uh, Deirdre, let's start with you. We've got a clutch of retailers, as we mentioned. We've got Marks and Spencer's, Jay Sainsbury's, but let's start with Burberry, top end of the range. Here's a brief extract from their little film, feature film, three minutes, uh, Tale of Thomas Burberry, which you can find on their website or YouTube. Uh, They've made it for the festive period. Just have a quick listen to this. Your father can imagine a whole world in his head. What have you got there, Burberry? I made it. Deirdre, beautiful music, well-shot film, um, and amongst others, I see it stars Sienna Miller, Dominic West, and Lily James. I mean, for a business that said it's going to be cutting costs dramatically, is this the wisest use of shareholder funds, first of all? Uh, Well, my opinion would be no. I think the whole Christmas ad season has gotten completely out of control, and they're all at it. John Lewis, Sainsbury's will have their one, DFS is in on the action, and they're all spending huge amounts. I mean, of course, Burberry hasn't disclosed how much it's paid for its ad, but I've seen various uh, rumours that it's at least $10 I mean, you don't get three really pretty major Hollywood stars in a movie for cheap. But I do think... You know, maybe for a brand like Burberry, it is probably something that they're expected to do and they need to do because it's about enforcing that they're a global lifestyle brand. It's about trying to get through the the message, the quality of their products, the the British workmanship that goes into their gabardine trench coats. Do they have to spend as much money? I would say no, but I certainly think it's something that they've always done and they will continue to do for some time. I mean, in your world, Harry, the banking world, I mean, they, they spend a lot on advertisements too. I'm thinking here of a particularly annoying black horse that keeps cantering across my television screen from time to time. Yeah, uh, although banks don't tend to get the same kind of celebrity endorsement that you get with uh, Burberry, I guess there's not too much chance that Burberry are going to uh, end up uh, rigging the financial markets. So uh, from that sort of side of things, they're probably a bit of a, a, a safer bet. 
But I, I have to say, I mean, Deirdre and I were talking about this uh, a couple of days ago. It's just amazing this uh, escalation in spending by the likes of Burberry, John Lewis on their Christmas adverts. I mean, I'd be absolutely fascinated to know how uh, how much spending's increased there. I mean, it's got to have gone up a sort of several multiples just in the last couple of years. And increasingly, I mean, it's not just about the TV ad. A lot of it is is, is digital now, and you know your YouTube clips and and social media. So, where their advertising has changed, as well. But more and more are spending huge amounts on it. In fact, there's research companies this week that are putting out figures on the estimated spend on Christmas ads, and we're talking more than a billion now across the whole. In your sector in particular, isn't it? I mean, we're thinking coming up, I mean, Burberry's... Are we going to see any improvement, do you think, in in, in the trading updates that we, we hear from Burberry's? Are things looking a little brighter, do you think, for them? I think so. Um, they've certainly been helped by Brexit, I think they've said in the second quarter, which up until, I think, roughly the end of September, that their sales in the UK were up 30% because... London is effectively now one of the cheapest places in the world to buy luxury goods because of the fall in the pound. So I think that on that score they're doing better, but there's still longer-term structural issues that Burberry and some of their peers are facing, and that's the changing nature of how the Chinese consumer is shopping. Uh, It's also about where they have stores, um, where they should have stores in the future, Burberry has a very big cost-cutting program in place. And, of course, Burberry has another issue in that it's got quite a bit of management change coming and this potentially... This is Christopher Bailey, isn't it? Absolutely. Going back to more what he did in the beginning, being creative rather than the corporate. Yes, although they have given him the nominal title of president, which I think doesn't mean very much, except for the fact that they're saying he will have the same level as the incoming CEO. So what was already quite a complicated board structure has now been made even more complicated because you have the creative designer who became CEO and creative designer now becoming president and creative designer and you've got a new CEO coming in. And John Peace, the chairman, is still staying where he is. Alex, when you look at this from the point of view of the stock markets, presumably they don't like complex structures. They like something they can see. I mean, I don't suppose they care one way or the other about movies, do they? No, I don't, don't suppose it matters. Really. Is it Die Hard 5? If it was a particularly large sum, they might raise a few eyebrows. But, yeah, I don't think... Um, they could give two hoots about the Christmas advert. But they do care about the management structure, presumably. That is something that would worry them. Yeah, I mean, I think the markets were one of the driving forces behind this change that Burberry have had. I mean, I don't think the city was comfortable with with the arrangement in the first place, and it unraveled pretty quickly. It looks like it's going to unravel even further at this rate. Harry, bringing you in here, I mean, in terms of a city editor looking at some of these companies and, and their management structures, we see now a lot of attention focused on the structure of the board, don't we? We've had so many diversity reports about how you can have worker representation. And this now seems to be stemming from the top. The Prime Minister referred to it in her speech and has continued to. Is that unsettling for the city or is it something they welcome, do you think, this pressure to change meaningfully? It's one of those areas which has been just going on for, for donkey's years now. I mean, uh, one of these reports seems to come out 
practically every uh, every couple of years. So um, whether this won't be particularly unsettling, I, I don't know. But I guess the fact that Theresa May has um, hung out her stall on this one perhaps means there's a bit more political pressure behind it this time. But also probably there is actually genuinely within the city itself it, uh, more of an appetite for change. You know, the city is becoming a more diverse place. Uh, to, be, to be frank, actually, the city has always been actually, in, well, at least in last 10, 15 years, actually a relatively diverse place in terms of the number of different nationalities working with it and certainly in terms of you know gender balance. Yes, I'll admit it's still hugely skewed in favour of men, but, but that again is, is changing. So maybe this report is something that's coming wrong at the right time than hitting a sort of zeitgeist that, that, uh, that means maybe it'll have a bit more impact than uh, previous. Did you're looking um, elsewhere in, in the retail sector, we've got Marks and Spencer coming up. I mean, this is a store for private investors, shoppers. How's it faring? Well, that's what we obviously need to find out. I think it is a big week for Steve Rowe this week because he has said that he's going to outline his full strategic review. And so he's going to be outlining on Tuesday what his plan is to turn around M&S. He's obviously been hinting about some things along the way. He's already said that... They need to cut some of their lines. They need to have a more understandable pricing structure. They're definitely discounting less. And he also talked about wanting to give customers style rather than fashion, because I think in the past, M&S has kind of slavishly tried to follow new fashions um, as they came out and often got it wrong. So I think it's a big week for him. And of course, the big question will be how the trading has been in the second quarter. We've already had next start this, this week and it showed that it was very, very tough. So there could be some quite grim figures, which will obviously get a lot of the headlines, but I think there will also be a lot of attention on what Steve Rowe is planning for the longer term for M&S. Alex, the city is notoriously short-term, quite often, I suppose, in the, in the day-to-day market. How long do you think they give Steve Rowe in terms of he's been there already, he should be beginning to make an impact? Does he have a much of a honeymoon period, or is that over and he's got to produce the goods or he too will be down the road like another Chelsea manager yeah, I think he's well liked in the city by the analyst community um, partly because he's he's sort of calls a spade a spade he's quite he's quite upfront and he's quite honest and he's an MS lifer so I think he's already got a good rapport which I think will probably buy him a bit more time but um, MS throughout its previous chief executives has been constantly promising that it's just around the corner uh, I think Bolland's phrase was constantly, you know, we're taking the right steps. So, you know, the patience will run out pretty soon. And in terms of his, his tenure so far, next week is, is a big moment in that. Nobody doubts his enthusiasm and his, his desire to do the right thing for M&S. I was speaking to an analyst this morning who said that, you know, it was a question of perspiration versus inspiration. Nobody doubts that Steve Rowe will do the perspiration bit, but it's a question of whether he has the inspiration that will finally allow M&S to figure out a way to make its general merchandise work alongside its its food business. Because people just forget, like, M&S is, has a really successful food business and yet for years has not been able to figure out what to do with clothing and home sales. And you just have to think that since 2013, profits have only grown by 36 million at M&S. So it's this huge business, but its profit growth over the last few years has been pretty abysmal and there's going to reach a point where the city is just going to want to see somebody who can who can bring about change well harry if 
I could bring you in here. HSBC, we're also going to be hearing from them. And we did refer to them as a, perhaps a once great global bank. Maybe it never was. But, I mean, that was the perception, wasn't it? And it's certainly known better days. It doesn't seem to have a week or a month when it's not in trouble in some jurisdiction. What are we expecting to hear from them? I guess next week is pretty much going to be about um, the the ring fence bank. So um, this week they've announced this, uh, the chairman or chairwoman, sorry, for their, their new UK retail banking subsidiary, HSBC UK, it's a catchy name, and I believe that actually costs them quite a lot of money to come up with that name, believe it or not. Um, and they've uh, got Clara Furson, the former chief executive of the London Stock Exchange. There are certain reservations about her hire, but generally, uh, I think most people sort of concede that it's probably not the easiest job to hire for, and that uh, you know Clara Furson probably isn't the, the the worst person you could have in that job. Um, but uh, more, more broadly, I mean, we're we're expecting profits of over uh, five billion. I don't think we're expecting too much sort of noise around litigation. Um, I mean, a lot of that's already baked into the numbers. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we've already seen uh, in couple of the bank's results recently, these talks about this Hong Kong investigation into the IPO market there. Standard Chartered's announced that, UBS. And I guess uh, we'll, we'll be looking to see maybe if there's something from HSBC, which are um, obviously the biggest uh, of the international banks operating in Hong Kong at the moment. And also still important for its dividend. Very important for its dividend. I think they're probably still the top five payer, if not probably quite up there with BP, but not far off. Uh, you know, they're, they're a very significant part of most investors' uh, uh, portfolios, and, and certainly in terms of the income they receive, uh, probably one of the, the key constituents. So yes, anything that um, HSBC says about future earnings is obviously uh, watched with great interest uh, across the land, and uh, understandably so. All right, well, it's time to take a short break now, but when we return, we'll be talking to our stock market expert on what to expect in the next few days, and they could be bumpy. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. 2016 has been branded the year of the SME. This is your year. Time for your business to stand out. Are you ready? Vodafone's Ready Business Britain, in association with The Times and Sunday Times, has all the advice, insight and analysis your business needs to make this your year. Get ready. Visit readybusinessbritain.co.uk. Welcome back. Alex, can I start with you this time? We're in the final days to the US presidential election and a great deal of jitters, although I see huge volumes being traded. I mean, typically eight billion in in Wall Street as opposed to normally six, six and a half. In the coming days, what, if anything, can investors do to protect themselves against? Is it a shock or is it not a shock, the outcome? Yeah, I mean, investors were probably on the whole pretty complacent about the outcome of the election. The consensus was that Hillary was going to walk it. Obviously, the FBI's sudden intervention has completely thrown the cat among the pigeons, and and now a lot of people are probably re-evaluating their positions. There's a lot of uncertainty suddenly, and and the markets have started to to wobble this week. We saw a lot of sort of what they call a a flight to safety. People were buying up gold, buying up proxies for gold. So the gold miners, you know, ran gold resources for Zinnolo. Those international miners were, were being chased higher. So we'll probably continue to see a bit of that. Last week, I was on the trading floor of a uh, major bank. I, I don't believe I can mention their name because I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement when I got there. They're definitely uh, preparing for a big night, probably not quite on the uh, same extent as Brexit, but probably not far off. Uh, a lot of people are going to be pulling through uh, the midnight oil that on uh, on Tuesday. And... Um, Probably with uh, with good reason because uh, if if uh, if the unexpected does happen, if we do have a, uh, a Donald Trump victory, or even if we have you know uh, something like. A-
like a repeat of 2000 where we simply just don't know. There's going to be a lot of uh, uncertainty out there and probably a lot of volatility. And, um, you know, the obvious places you'll see this um, currency markets, you know, will we see some great sell-off in the dollar? And also there seems to be a lot of confusion out there. I mean, there was a fantastic note from HSBC earlier this week which uh, came up with the... uh, somewhat perplexing conclusion that whoever wins the US election, uh, gold will rally by 8%, which kind of begs the question, well, why hasn't it already? I mean, nobody really sheds a tear for traders and and the difficulties that they have to endure. But you just think at the moment, it is kind of a crazy time because we have this US election and everyone thought Hillary was going to get it and now it's probably going to be Donald, who knows. Um, And then you've got, you know, the, the decision this week, the court case on Article 50 and Brexit, and that just throws a whole nother spanner into the works as to when, if ever, we're going to leave Europe. So it's quite a difficult time to be calling what's happening in the markets, I think. I saw one suggestion that um, if if, uh, Donald Trump were to win, that Janet Yellen might resign. Well, there's a... I I think... uh, So uh, I had a meeting uh, a couple of months ago with a, uh, who shall remain unnamed, Wall Street head, and... uh, Asked about uh, the prospect of Donald Trump victory, he simply said, "I don't know. Uh, I can tell you." He said, uh, "You know, I can tell you what happens if uh, if Hillary Clinton wins. Donald Trump, he's a complete wild card. I mean, I, whether Donald Trump knows what Donald Trump's policy is, is I think probably is a uh, a moot point." Alex, final thought. Yeah, I mean, perhaps it might play out a bit like Brexit has so far. That we'll get this. If Trump does get voted in, we'll see this initial panic and then a bounce back whilst people work out what on earth is going to happen next. Okay, well, that's where to leave it. But remember, you can keep up to date with all those events we've been talking about, the analysis uh, online, uh, on your phone or tablet, and indeed in the paper. The paper will be open all night during presidential election polling day. Uh, If you are a subscriber, don't forget to sign up to our daily morning and lunchtime business emails. If you would like to become a subscriber, then go to thetimes.co.uk and it'll cost you £1. If you want to hear us weekly, you can subscribe through iTunes. Thanks to Deirdre Hipwell, uh, Harry Wilson and Alex Ralph. They're on Twitter, so please do follow them. We'll be back next week. And just for Deirdre, we'll play you out with a little clip from Marks and Spencer's Christmas 2016 press event. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.